Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. All right, all right. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast. My name is Kelly Tolliday, and I'm your host. I am going to be recording a solo episode. A couple of weeks ago, I was interviewing my dear friend, Nicole Cumberbatch, and she had asked me after our interview, she said, you know, I was wondering what, what got you so into travel? What, why, where did this start? And I was like, hmm, this sounds like a wonderful podcast episode. Because I guess it's something that I kind of take for granted in the sense that I've always, always loved to travel. And so it really was a beautiful self-reflection question. Thank you, Nicole, for asking me. <laughs> Because I have never really sat back and thought, hmm, I wonder where this passion for travel has come from. And a lot of people that I speak to and that I interview on the podcast, a lot of them say they haven't really gotten into travel until their 20s, maybe even their 30s. It was post-college. Their families didn't really travel all that much. And so it was something that they discovered as an adult. And for me, it was it was a bit of the reverse. It was a bit of the opposite where Travel, it was a, been a part of my family culture since as long as I can remember. And I guess going like way back to the origin story of this all is my parents. My dad moved around quite a bit when they were young. He was born in Ohio. They moved down to Florida. His dad, my grandfather, moved around a lot for work. He worked for IBM. And I remember hearing stories of my dad telling me about how they would pack up their car. There was nine kids. They would pack up their car and head to different world fairs around big cities. Back back in those days, they had massive fairs and they would go to Chicago. They'd go to Atlanta. They'd go all over the U.S. going to these fairs. When you're the youngest of nine that my dad was, you're, you're used to kind of just <laughs> going wherever they tell you to go and hopping in the car and going. And I just I've always heard stories of my uncles traveling or doing crazy things like packing up their car and driving out to California to go live out in California without telling my grandparents or my uncle Jay, whose daughter Candon, my cousin, you'll hear her on the podcast as well. There's always stories of him traveling around and on his motorcycle and they they hike a lot and they take care of different state parks. And it's just it's just a, a family of travel, I guess you could say. And so it's something that I've always taken for granted in my day-to-day life. It's something that I've, I guess, always taken for granted that we've been able to travel as a family, which I know is such a state of privilege to be in. But I don't really remember any super extravagant overseas trips growing up. We didn't go to Europe often. We didn't go to you know Central or South America often. It was typically traveling around the U.S., a lot of trips around Florida, Of course, growing up, we went to Orlando and Disney because we were only a few hours away from there. But also my dad's biggest client at the time growing up was Royal Caribbean. So he would often get invited onto different cruises or if there was spaces available, if there was sales meetings on cruises, he would get to bring his family. And so we would get to go. And so I hear a lot of people sometimes bash on cruises as 
not being quote unquote real travel, but I would say it's such a great way for people to kind of dip their toes in the water of travel, really get a sense of whether they'd want to go back to a certain country or not. And so I remember at a young age being on cruises, we would go down to the Caribbean a lot. We went to Mexico. And yeah, I guess there's just this like theme of adventure and travel. Growing up, I would always hear stories and like I mentioned before, stories of my uncles traveling, stories of my grandparents taking my dad and his and his siblings around, but also stories of my parents as an adult. They studied abroad in London in college, and I just would hear stories of them, you know, taking camper vans around Europe and sleeping on people's lawns and getting into all sorts of trouble. And so I think there's just so much power in hearing these stories of the adventures that your parents went on, even though I wasn't born yet, I wasn't even being thought about yet. But I remember growing up just thriving to listen to these stories. I I loved hearing the same stories over and over again. I loved looking at photos of them. I was a bit of the historian in my family where I would take all their old photos from them traveling through Europe in the 80s and I'd put them into books for them. And I absolutely just loved hearing that. So this quote of adventures fill your life with stories to tell. I think it's something that's just so important to think about, not just the far-flung adventures around the world, but also the stories that you get to tell your kids, the stories that you get to tell your grandkids. And this really reminds me of growing up. Again, I would hear stories of my grandma after my grandparents had gotten divorced. I believe this is either in the late 70s or 80s. My grandma would go on a big international sister trip with her sister who had been recently widowed, and they would go all over the world together by themselves without Google Maps, without Facebook groups, without Yelp, without TripAdvisor, and they went to the Amazon, they went to Egypt, they went to Bethlehem, they went all over the world. And my grandma, every place that she went, she was a devout Catholic she would pick up a Madonna, a little statue of a Madonna, and then bring it back home with her. That was her souvenir. And I remember going into my grandma's house, and the first thing you see is this big hutch of Madonnas from all over the world. So I was really curious about that growing up. And I actually got a tape recorder when I was about seven, and I asked her if I could interview her. So I guess you could say my podcasting career started a really long time ago, but I would sit down with her, and I would ask her questions about her time being on a riverboat down the Amazon, of her time traveling through Egypt, of her time going through Europe, and these these adventures that she'd go on with her sister as a single middle-aged woman in the 70s and 80s, which was virtually unheard of at that time, and just really hearing the stories that she had to tell. And I'm kicking myself because out of all the moves that I've done, I just don't know where those tapes are. But it was just something that Again, this thread of just hearing stories growing up of adventure. And again, it doesn't have to be something super, a super big overseas trip, but even just hearing stories of your parents having an adventurous, curious spirit, I think helps instill that in your kids. And I think that's really where this, this passion, this thirst, this drive to see the world started from. I guess you could also say that I was obsessed with Mary Kate and Ashley movies, (laughs) probably because of the the adventurous side of the movies that they had. So we watched Passport to Paris. We'd watch Our Lips Are Sealed, Holiday in the Sun. And so I like to say that my I can blame my parents for, for setting me up for a life of travel because they let me watch so much Mary-Kate and Ashley. 
But I just remember growing up and we would do cruises. We would go skiing in Colorado. We would do family reunions. Our big family reunions would always be, you know, somewhere else around the world, Georgia, South Carolina, somewhere in the country. And twice a year, we would, me and my dad and my sister, we would go on this father-daughter camping trip called Indian Princess. I'm not sure if that's the politically correct way of saying things anymore, but that's what it was called back then. It was run by the YMCA, and you would join groups or tribes of other fathers and daughters, and you'd all go camping. You'd go twice a year, one in the spring and one in the fall. You'd start when you were five, I believe, and you'd get an arrow when you start. And then when you graduate eighth grade or around 12 or 13 years old, you then break your arrow, which is symbolizing you are the point of the arrow and your dad are the feathers on the back guiding you. And when you break your arrow, it's this sign of really this like rite of passage of you're stepping into this next phase of adolescence, of womanhood. And it was such a really beautiful experience for me to have gone through that for eight years with my dad. And so those weekends really gave me a serious taste of independence. Because if you could imagine a group of, let's say, 15 to 20 dads with their daughters, and there's maybe six of these groups. So there's a lot of kids and a lot of dads. But the dads are just hanging around the campfire. They're drinking beer. They're getting food cooked for everyone. They're playing games. But you can't imagine that that toothbrush got opened up, that your that your mom had meticulously packed for you. We would leave in... a pair of shirt and shorts and our hair and French braids. And we would come back two days later in those same shirt and shorts and our hair in the same French braids. And it was just some of the most magical weekends of my life. Uh, some of the happiest moments of my life, really a time when you got to just get really steeped in nature. We were on a dude ranch in the middle of Florida and we would go in the lake and we'd get dirt in our nails and we'd run around and play games with each other. And, and just to have a, such a complete sense of freedom as a young kid, the older girls would look after us and and it really just helped me steep this relationship with nature and being outdoors and having a sense of adventure. And it was just like stories that just my dad and me and my sister could tell to each other for the rest of our lives. And there's just these traditions and these things that we looked forward to as a family as we went and traveled. And so I think back to joining these groups of, let's say, joining Indian Princess or even going to a cruise. I was always the kid that was excited to go to kids clubs. I, I would never was. I mean, maybe my parents might might say this is different, but I don't remember ever being sad to go to a kids club. I was stoked. Like I wanted to go meet new friends. I wanted to meet new friends from different states, from different countries. I wanted to widen my circle and meet new people. And I was always super, super excited to have the potential to meet someone new. I was always under the impression that a stranger's never a stranger. They're just a friend you'd never met yet. And that's truly like the way that in which I can remember my childhood is always being so excited to meet someone new. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work from home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting. 
which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms, going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events, like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. So this kind of leads into the story of me going to DC by myself. And so when I was 12 years old, when I was in seventh grade, I was invited to join this leadership summit, I guess you could say, of with that invited a bunch of other 12-year-olds from around the country to join this leadership summit in DC. And of course, it was like fully organized and supervised, but we were in hotel rooms and we were in DC and we would do different excursions around DC, different museums. We went to different sites, historical sites around DC. And then we were also grouped up with different people from around the country. And we were presented a problem that we had to present to different members of Congress, our solution as seventh graders. And I remember being Super excited when I got the letter of the invitation. It was a very expensive trip. And my dad turned to me and said, look, you can go. We trust you. We trust that you can get from point A to point B from the airplane. I had done it before seeing cousins in North Carolina. And they're like, but you need to figure out how to pay for this. So you bet that I was out there knocking on every door, washing every car, walking every dog, selling every friendship bracelet that I possibly could. And I had to basically show my dad a presentation, like a PowerPoint presentation. If you don't know, he's in sales, so you can kind of understand where this is going. But I had to show him a PowerPoint presentation as to the benefits of why I should go and also the benefits to him, why he should let me go. I guess it was his foray into teaching me how to run a sales pitch from an early age. And I was able to scrunch up the money and I was able to go. And again, it was just this taste of independence, this taste of curiosity, this taste of, wow, there's all these other people around the world who have similar interests as me and we can laugh. And I don't, I'm meeting someone from Northern California and I'm from Southern Florida. We're from the complete opposite ends of the country and we can become really, really good friends. I'm still Facebook friends with some of these people. And Again, it just kind of like leans into this. Like I've always fallen in love with potential. I've always fallen in love with possibility, the potential of meeting new people, the possibility of a new adventure or a new opportunity. What what could unfold in a new city? You could fall in love, fall, just 
falling in love, not just with a person, but falling in love with a place. I've left my heart in so many different places, even at such an early age. And that that's kind of what continues to drive me to see more and more of the world. And so taking it back a little bit of a step, I guess, I remember I was like five or six. And I don't really remember how the conversation of a bucket list started in our family. But I hand wrote a bucket list at the age of five or six years old with like six, seven, maybe maybe 10. I think it was like 10 places around the world that I wanted to go to. And I think like Tahoe was on there. My dad must have gone out there to go skiing. So I don't know how as six years old, some Florida girl would know about Lake Tahoe. But there was the most like random places on there. But one of the places higher up on that list was Australia. And so it's so funny how even at such a young age, I guess, whatever, if you want to use the word manifest, like even at such a young age, I was like, I know that I am going to go see Australia. I wanted to go see it. And the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, Our Lips Are Sealed, definitely sealed the deal on that one for me for wanting to go. But this concept, this theme of travel kind of worked our way all the way through my life. And yes, we were very lucky and fortunate to be able to travel mainly just domestically. Again, there wasn't a lot of super big international trips happening. We did cruises. And if I remember correctly, our first big international family as a family of five was when I was 17 or 18 years old and we went to Costa Rica. And that was one of the most transformative trips for me because it showed me how possible it would be to one, fall in love with someone. You know, when you just like walk off the plane or get out of your car somewhere new and you just feel it in your heart that you've been there before or you're supposed to be there. And I remember we spent two weeks driving through the country. We had an amazing tour guide who would just stop on the side of the road and point binoculars and be like, that's a sloth, that's a toucan, that's a monkey. Do you see that green frog? And he would just show us everything. And I was just so enamored with the natural life in Costa Rica, the friendliness of the people. That was the trip that I said in my head, like, I am going to do anything it takes to become fluent in Spanish in some aspect of my life. I became obsessed with the culture, with the language. We went down to Playa Hermosa for the Billabong World Championship, and that really sparked my interest for surfing. I did like an, a, my first official surf lesson there. I had done a little bit of surfing in Florida before, but I did a surf lesson. I fell in love with it. And so really that trip opened my eyes up to, wow, okay, we've seen a lot of the U.S. We've done a bit of the Caribbean, but there is so much of this world that I want to explore. And Two years later, at my summer of my after my freshman year, I got an opportunity to study Spanish in an immersive program with a host family in Costa Rica, and I spent a whole summer there. And I could go on and on about the stories of living living in a small town outside of San Jose in Costa Rica. But again, it's just this this potential of being able to fall in love with new people, leaving your heart with people around the world. It almost feels a little bit of like a heartbreak every time you leave somewhere. Because for me, I love steeping myself in the cultures. I love immersing myself. So these opportunities to really live for a whole summer in different places like Costa Rica. A couple of years later, I went to Switzerland. And just being able to really immerse myself, that's where I find the true transformation for me in travel. And so whenever I go somewhere new, like we were in Greece this past summer, and immediately I'm looking up how much are long-term rentals on this island? What would it cost to buy a place here? <laughs> because I just have this 
romanticized tendency in me of just wanting to be in the culture, not just take a picture, not just, you know, do the excursion. I want to like soak myself into the culture and the rhythm of life in these places. I just, I, I think in a long, long story short, that's just kind of how my passion for travel began has been woven into the fabric of my life since a very young age. And even when we weren't traveling, I was hearing stories of travel. And I think it's where my love of talking to other people and hearing their stories and all the adventures that they go on, I get so lit up. Someone the other day told me, you know, I'm, I'm not really liking living in South Florida anymore. I might just pack my bags and go somewhere new. And I was like, oh my God, you should go to Costa Rica. You should go to Sri Lanka. You should go to California. Like, just like, it's not, I don't get it fearful about that. I get so stoked to hear people make big moves because I know how much fulfillment that that's given to me. I've never really been averse to risk. I've never really been averse to trying something new. Yeah, I get, maybe I'm a little too spontaneous. That's also where I might get it from my parents as well. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm, I am a little spontaneous where if you've listened to episode one where I talk about meeting my husband in Ireland, you'll get the gist of where that <laughs> what, the, what that story is all about. But I say yes to things. And then, of course, I get that natural little bit of that snapback like, oh, wait, what did I just do? Is this the right decision? But I always err on the side of excitement. Maybe not always. That might be a strong sentence. But for the most part, I am more so leaning towards the side of excitement than I am fear. And I remember one time my main teacher within yoga and meditation, Mark Bredner, he said, how you need to make the excitement bigger than the fear. And when he said that, I was like, boom, that has been like my life motto for my entire life. It's something that I've always leaned into, falling in love with the potential and the possibility of any situation that's unfolding. And that's what lights me up within travel because around every single corner, there's something new that you've never seen before. There's someone new that you've never spoken to before. I've had some of the most transformative conversations in my entire life with a stranger having dinner in Vienna, with a stranger getting a cup of coffee. I had a life-changing conversation with a stranger in line at the airport coming home from Greece in completely different stages of life than each other. My life changed when I met my husband in Ireland, right? So like there could be like these big massive life pivots that happen when you travel, but it could also just be having a conversation that's changed you and holding that in your heart and no one even else has to know about that. I tend to believe that people are inherently good and I use my curiosity as my compass through my life. And so if I'm believing that people are inherently good and I'm curious about the world and other people, it opens up more doors than you could possibly imagine and opens up more levels to yourself than you can possibly imagine. And I think it's truly about being a, like a forever student of life and forever being open to the lessons that the world has to teach you. And so I mentioned about my parents and being spontaneous. And so I guess you could say I get part of this like, yep, let's do it. Yes, let's go. Yep, let's go to Costa Rica. Yep, let's move to Australia. Yep, let's teach English in Thailand and not really thinking like too far along ahead of that. My, this might be more recent. I'm sure it wasn't like this when we were super little. But I mean, there's been times in the last few years where we have family dinner on a Sunday and they tell us they're going to Norway on Tuesday or <laughs> or they'll be like, hey, I dad will say, hey, I had a, a work trip pop up in Portugal. Your mom's going to just come with me. Oh, yeah. Okay. When are you leaving? Yeah. We're, she's. We've decided today and we're leaving tomorrow. 
Like, it's just this sense of always being open to the adventure. That's something that I admire so much about my parents. And it's definitely something that they've instilled in us. And so going back to the stories that have been told my whole life, even when I didn't know what an airplane was, even when I didn't know what a passport was or whatever, the hurdles that it takes sometimes to travel, I have been embedded in me, not just the stories of my grandma, the stories of my parents before I was born, but then as I'm old enough, like when I'm seven or eight, then I'm hearing stories of when I traveled when I was two or three or four, and I don't quite remember it, but my parents do, and they're telling me their stories of watching the world unfold for me. They're telling me their stories of seeing the world open up through the eyes of a child. And so although I don't remember the exact moments of this travel experience or the exact day-to-day of that trip, I can inherently feel it within me that I was there. And so, so many people say, why are you going to travel? They're not going to remember it. It's so expensive. It's a waste of time to travel with kids. It's too hard. It's too challenging, blah, 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 blah. And I turn around and say, who cares if they remember it? Because you're going to remember it and you can show them photo books and you can tell them stories. Kids love looking at photos of themselves. They love hearing stories of themselves. I can't tell you how many times I've shown Layla, my oldest daughter, videos of Sam and I in Thailand from eight years ago. And now we're gearing up to go to Thailand in January. And I'm reading her a picture book about Thailand. And they come to a page that talks about Songkran, which is their water festival, the start of the Thai New Year. Like it's a whole water day festival. And we got to the page of the Songkran page in the book. And Layla looks and says, mommy and daddy were there. Because she's seen a video of me and Sam squirting water guns in Phuket. That's how powerful it is to be able to have stories in your life to tell. Again, it doesn't have to be a massive international adventure, but do something outside of your comfort zone. Have an adventure so that you have stories to tell yourself, that you have stories to tell your kids, because that instills the values. Kids learn through stories. They remember through stories. They remember even more through photos and videos. Take the chance to be able to Build that sense of adventure, that sense of curiosity within your own kids, because even though they might not remember it, you'll be able to tell the stories for years and years and years to come. I still don't tire of hearing stories of my parents' adventures through Europe in the 80s. I still think about my grandma and her Madonnas when she passed away. One of the most valuable gifts I've ever received from her or from anyone is she gifted me her Madonna from Bethlehem. So these little treasures, these nuggets of stories and fun and adventure and these souvenirs that you can pass on, like those help build and shape your child. And so I really think about this question of when did you become so passionate about travel? Why is it such a big part of your life? Why are you dedicating such a huge chunk of your time sharing stories of travel and interviewing people about travel? And it's not just that it's a part of my personality or a part of my identity, It's what brings me bliss. It's what literally lights me up inside. Travel is not as easy as it used to be post-pandemic for sure with kids, definitely. But just because something is challenging or hard doesn't make it bad. It's been scientifically proven that when you have to work a little bit harder at something and it doesn't come so easy for you, you cherish it, you value it, and you remember it more. So just remember that when you're thinking about taking a leap of faith or you're thinking about going to a new place or taking your family with you somewhere that you might 
be afraid of going to with like just the logistics of it and the overwhelm and will they have diapers and all the things. Or if you don't have kids, even if you're overwhelmed with planning a trip to Asia or overwhelmed about planning a trip to the next state, just remember that these challenges and the discomfort of leaning into something that you don't know is well worth it in the long run. It's going to make your life feel like you have these adventures to fill your life. You have these adventures to tell the story of your life. Since that encounter in Costa Rica with my family, I went back to Costa Rica and studied abroad, as I mentioned. I went to Switzerland and stayed a whole summer traveling around Europe with Switzerland as my home base. I met my husband in Ireland, and then I went back to Europe to see him again. You can check out episode one for all those details. I moved to Australia. We moved to Southeast Asia. We traveled to Vietnam, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, Thailand, Sri Lanka. Like we've been all over the place. And it's not to be like bragging about where we've been. It's to say that this world is so open for you. Even just going to a different cafe down the street, even just going to a different park or a different beach, we get so caught up even about like, well, shoot, where am I going to park at this new beach? Should, is it even worth it for me to go? Oh, there's a new park down the road, but I don't know if there's any shade. I don't know if I should go. Like We get so worked up about these details that it, it inhibits us from feeling the fullness and the richness and the depth of life. So I really encourage you to take a little adventure this week. Fill your life with stories to tell through stepping outside of your comfort zone. Allow this sense of curiosity to be woven into the tapestry of your life so that you can be open to the world. And yeah, so it really comes as no surprise then that my job, the career that I've forged for myself over the last seven years or so revolves around travel. So my main business at this stage is Rising Nature Retreats with my beautiful co-founder, Chloe Ravel. And we've been able to merge our different areas of expertise and modalities of yoga, meditation, sound healing, holistic wellness, personal development, and also be able to merge our absolute passion for travel as well as our expertise in logistics and planning and itineraries and be really being able to hold space for groups in this capacity. And we've been able to merge this into our business of Rising Nature Retreats. So we take groups of people around the world to world-class locations and really be able to offer a truly well-rounded travel experience that includes daily yoga and wellness so that you don't feel lethargic or tired or just overwhelmed from your travel. We all know what that feels like when you get home and you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation. We don't want that for you. (laughs) We want you to feel rejuvenated and refreshed and seeing the world with new eyes and new perspective and feeling like you're thriving after your trip. So we include daily yoga and meditation. We include breath work. There's sound healing. There's different personal development workshops. Every day there's a theme for you to work with and work through. And at the same time of this beautiful wellness and healing environment that we're in, we're getting really steeped in nature. We pick places that are close to nature and that have a really thriving relationship with nature. We pick adventure excursions and cultural excursions so that you really get to feel like you're immersed in the culture that you visit. It's not just like drop in, drop out yoga. Like I'm just coming in for yoga, taking what I can get and then coming out. Like you really get a, your finger on the pulse of the place where you're living. You get a finger on the pulse of the culture, the pace, the rhythm of life there. You get to meet local people who become your friends. And it's something that we take 
great pride in is making sure that these experiences feel well-rounded and that you really get to feel like you've, you're walking away from visiting a place really knowing and feeling what that place, town's side of the world feels like. And so I just absolutely love that I've been able to build my career in this way so that travel is a large component of my work. And I know Chloe feels the same way. We both feel really ignited and and alive when we're traveling. And something that makes it even tenfold is when we're able to do that for other people and open the world up for other people who might have been overwhelmed to travel alone, didn't want to deal with the logistics, who want to go to Thailand but didn't want to do it by themselves. And being able to do it in such a grounded, supported way, it is just every time I walk away from a retreat, I feel it in my soul that this is the exact work that I meant to do. And luckily, it's been reflected back to us time and time again from different guest testimonials that they feel that this is the work that we're meant to do as well. And so I just feel like I'm in a place where I'm feeling really aligned with my work, with my family, with my passions, and being able to bring a lot of that along for the ride. Being able to bring my family along for the ride for a lot of our retreats feels really, yeah, just really aligned and really lit up to be able to do this work that I do. And so with Rising Nature Retreats, I'm also hosting this podcast to be able to bring even more travel and more inspiration to as many people as we possibly can. And I'm just really grateful that you've been along for the ride for the past few months. We are steadily growing. And if you could share this podcast with anyone that you think might be interested in, in hearing an episode, it's the best way that we can grow. It's the best way that you can show a little love to someone. Say, hey, I've been thinking about you. This podcast came up and I think you'll really like it. So show your friends some love. Send them this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that's my story. Thanks, Nicole, for asking me what got me so passionate about travel. I hope this gives a little bit of background into me and who I am as a person. And if there are any stories in there that you want more info on, I can do more deep dive solo episodes. But if you have any questions about me or my story, I'm going to be sharing a lot more personal travel stories from going to different countries and the different challenges and mishaps and fun and adventure that we've had. And this is your reminder to keep on exploring. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.